And God's going to help me get it out. Amen? Amen. He's a good God, and He's teaching us good things. Amen? The last two Friday nights, um, if you weren't here, get the CD. Brother Moore taught on joy. Mrs. Moore taught on joy. What's that tell you? People need some joy. Amen? But God's a merciful God. He's a good God, and He always knows what we need. Amen. He always knows what's right for the time, and He'll never leave you hanging. Amen. He will never leave you hanging. And, and praying about, you know, I actually had one message, you know, that I'd started on yesterday. I always have a message. I don't know that I'm doing this until I do it. But I always am ready no matter what because you may be doing it. Amen. And so I, uh, I had a message, and then I woke up this morning, and apparently that wasn't the one to do. And then God started giving me another one. He said, do you trust me? And I said, yep. He said, okay. And then he really never gave me a finish to my message. So (laughs) I guess I trust him a whole bunch. He told me a long time ago if I'd open my mouth, he would speak. So I'm going to count on that for the rest of my life. Amen. And so uh, we'll trust him together and he'll show us some good things tonight. One of the uh, things that we pray about almost regularly if you come to prayer you know we pray about praying for one another for loving one another ministering to one another and it's good to have joy for yourself it's good to get excited about what God's going to do for you that's great it's better to get excited for other people it's because why because you already know you're getting yours and you're so confident in that you can now get excited for them because you know the 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 good god that took care of you is going to take care of them amen and that's important because i don't know if y'all ever been at a place but i have been in a place in my life where i was glad somebody was there to encourage me now i'm not saying i couldn't have encouraged myself because the word says i could have but i didn't and God's still merciful. Y'all don't, have to, y'all don't have to raise your hand. Dave did it. Don't do it. It's not good. But I praise God for men of God that He put around me to encourage me for a good family, to encourage me to build me up, to pray for me, and more than anything, not to give up on me. And that's important. As, as Christians, as brothers and sisters, don't give up on one another. Don't ever give up on another brother. I don't care if they're saying all the wrong things. I don't care if they're going all the wrong places. I don't care what they're doing. Don't quit on them. Your faith may be the only thing they've got left to hang on. Amen? Their faith may not be there at all. But they'll have yours to hang on. And it's important. We're not quitters. Not only are we not quitters on God's Word, we're not quitters on God's Word concerning one another. He didn't say, pray ye one for another so that you may be healed just because He wanted us to have something else to do besides pray for ourselves. Fact is, I can't find a lot of places where it says pray for yourself. You guys remember a bunch of verses that says pray for yourself? I can't find... God's not a selfish God and He doesn't have selfish children. Amen? We are, we are designed to minister to one another and to minister outside of one another. Amen? And so for us to get caught up in ourselves so much that we're unable to minister to others is really a ploy of the devil. 
You can spend all your time in the Word concerning you and never help another soul in this earth. Right? Anybody ever been there? I spent years in the Word concerning me. I mean, I'd put it on at night, and, and I praise God I had it. And that's all I knew at the time. And God has mercy, but I praise God that when He got me, how He got me out of that was by helping others. It wasn't by listening to the Word for myself. How He pulled me out of the situations and the circumstances that I was in was He, he put me in a position to help others. Not with a bunch of money. He didn't say, oh, here's a bunch of money. He had me start doing stuff. Why? Because I didn't have no money. So what do you do when you don't got no money? You do stuff that you can do, right? He said, go help here. Go teach there. Go over here. Help them kids. He, he'll, t- he'll find you stuff to do. And it ain't always serving at the church. Serving at the church is good. Serve God, not the church. Amen? That's what we want to do. And we want to be there for one another. Let's look at some Scripture in uh, Exodus 17. You guys cold, hot? I turned up the air conditioner because I don't like to be cold, sorry. (laughs) I'd rather sweat than be cold. So if you get hot, you let me know because I'll turn it up or down, whatever. Glory to God. God's so good to us. You know, we serve such a good God. If we have His love in us, we should desire our brother to succeed and prosper and conquer more than we desire it for ourselves. Right? Um, That's the true heart of a father. And and his children should have the same heart, a like heart. His, His desire is for us to succeed. His plan before the foundations of the earth were for us to succeed. Not in just one thing, but in everything we do. In life, beginning at birth and never ending. Right? Because when we leave here, we really succeed. Amen? So we start by succeeding, and we end by true success. Glory to God. And that's His plan. And, his, and, and He desires that for us more than we ever would. And for, for us to have His heart, I think, is something that we sometimes get caught up, especially in, in what they call faith movement, word of faith. You know, it, we're always trying to get something for us with our faith. I'm not saying don't get something for yourself with your faith. But let's get our faith to where it's getting something for other people. Let's get it out there where it's always ready to help someone else. In fact, is its first priority is to help someone else. Right? And the only way you can do that is have confidence in your faith for yourself. You, you must first, what's it say? People who don't love themselves don't love other people. Right? So you do have to have that confidence in the faith God put in you, but then get away from the selfishness that we can get into by self-serving ourselves with faith. Amen? That makes sense to you guys? And begin to help one another. Right? Did I say go to Exodus 17? Exodus 17, the Amalekites came out against the Israelites in that place right there. have no idea what that name is. Rephidim is what we'll call it. The Amalekites came out against them at that place, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of, of God in my hands. That was all Joshua needed. 
Moses said do it, and he'd be there with him. It's important. Why? That was two faith buddies. That, that, that was Joshua's head, first of all, his faith hero. That This is who he's relying on. This is who he, he, Joshua is the only person, him and Caleb, they watched Moses. Joshua and Moses went up on the hill. Joshua went up on the hill. I mean, he couldn't go all the way, but he was there waiting on him. Joshua wanted to know what was going on with Moses because he knew Moses was a man of God. And, and he trusted in the faith of Moses. Moses had faith. Amen? And, and Joshua trusted in it. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went, up, went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. I'd want his hands up a whole bunch. You know what? You're one of them soldiers. You're watching for them hands to stay up, man. You're thinking, hands stay up. Lord, strengthen his arms. And, and you know, you can do that. And, and we do that as Christians. We, oh, we see somebody going through something. and Oh, help them, Lord. Help them, Lord. Well, is that good enough? Sometimes maybe that's all you're supposed to do is pray. But sometimes God may stop you and say, yeah, go ahead. Right? we got a lot of people that want to send people to the church for help. That ain't what the Bible says. <laughs> We're supposed to help one another. That's a, it's, it's individual. If you start reading the giving verses, they're very individual. They're very individual. And, and, and I like to give to individually. That's why I was talking about, it, I think, Wednesday night. I love to give to the church. I love to give my tithe and offering. But I thank God for a God account. So when He says, hey, I want you to pay their rent this month, then I get to. Yes. Glory to God. And I don't say, well, let me write it to the church so I can get my tax refund. <laughs> or tax credit, whatever you get for that. No, I just write it right to them. And don't even think about whether or not I'll get any, any tax credit out of it. Y'all don't either. I know y'all. You're a bunch of givers. That's what you do. Amen? And that's how this starts. That's why God wants us to be givers. Because givers aren't thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about how does that benefit me all the time. They just know it does. Right? I don't give to get. I will get because I give. But I don't give to get. If I never got, I would give. Why? It's fun. Right? That's like saying I play golf because I get something out of it. You play golf because it's fun. Right? You drive a fast car because it's fun. You ride a motorcycle because it's fun. I give and you give because it's fun. And the benefit is you will be prospered because of it. But if the only reason you're giving... <laughs> okay. Let's go on. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as, Mo as Moses had ordered him. As long as his arms were up, man, they were doing good. The minute his arms came down, not so much. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took stones and put it under him and set him on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other. That's kind of like one, help one another and help one another, isn't it? One on one side and one on the other so that his hands remained steady till sunset. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Aaron and her had to get tired too, right? But they were helping. Moses couldn't do it by himself. Moses had the power, right? But he needed help to get the power where it went, right? 
I can have faith for somebody, but eventually it's their faith that's going to bring them out. But do I want to cut my faith off? No. I want to hold their hands up as long as I can, right? We don't want to quit on people. What if Aaron and Harold would have said, you know what? Moses, you ought to be able to hold your own hands up by now. We've been holding them up for three or four hours. Hold them up with yourself for a while. No, they never quit. They kept up till sunset holding his arms up because his arms were tired. Every now and then you're going to run up against a brother or a sister and their arms are tired. Right? Now God will strengthen us. God is our strength. But we need to speak the word to one another. We need to be an encouragement to one another. We need to take that love that He put in us and put it out towards one another. That's how people know us. Right? It doesn't say He'll know you by your love for yourself. He'll know you by your, they'll know you by your prosperity. No, it doesn't say that. It says we would be known by our love one for another. Right? That's, what, that's how we're known. That's what, that's what we've got to get back to in many cases. We don't want to quit on people. Ever been tempted to quit on somebody? I have. You know, you get people and man, you, you, you've spoken the word to them and you've stood by them and I've got to believe that more people got tired of me than I ever got tired of. But you're like, okay, you know what? You're never going to change. Forget it. Right? You ever done that to somebody? No, you all haven't, so don't raise your hand. I have, and God got on to me immediately. Right? Because people are believing for their health. You don't know where they're at. You don't know how they feel. You don't know where they've been. You don't, you, we don't want to quit on somebody because of what, how we feel like they feel. Right? That's not what we do. We want to stand in the gap as long as we have to stand in the gap for them to get across the bridge. Amen? Because we want them to succeed. Our heart has got to be for one another to succeed. In every circumstance, succeed. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that your flesh isn't going to get tired of hearing people whine. Your flesh should get tired of hearing you whine. Right? Or your spirit should get tired of hearing your wine. But people are tired of hearing your flesh wine. Right? But God would have us to help those people. Right? When people are unthankful, you know what He is? Kind. Right? That's what it says in the Word. He's kind to the unthankful. We talked about it Wednesday night in prayer. Our God is kind to the unthankful. Are we kind to unthankful people? <laughs> we are now, aren't we, by golly? Yeah. Doggone right, I'm kind. We want to be, don't we? Now, don't get me wrong. You can't talk to every person. You can't be every place. But you can be every place you're supposed to be. Right? People can pull on you and get you in places you ought not be. And you can't do that. You've got to be led by the Spirit. But, but you want to help those who God lets you help. Amen? You want to be there for the brother or sister that's in need that, that, that are like Aaron and her or like Joshua that will hook with Moses. You may be their Moses. Moses was the intercessor for the Israelite people at this point. He was their mediator. He was Jesus, if you will, to them. In a way. I'm not saying he was, he was Jesus, but he was a likeness. Right? And so... When he, as he went, so went the Israelites. Why? They were relying on his faith. 
Right? They didn't have any. Have you heard them talk? Here, let's, let's go back to Exodus 14. Let's see if we can hear what they say. Exodus, actually go back to 13. 13, 17. Because God has a plan, and He has a plan to get people to a certain place. Amen? And it, that plan includes sometimes us helping them get there. And Moses helped the Israelites get to where they were going. He was their, their help. He was, you know, without him, they didn't talk to God. Right? Look at uh, Exodus thirteen seventeen. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though, it, though that was shorter. For God said, If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. God knew them, didn't he? God knows people. Amen. But He has a plan around those things. He knows your weaknesses. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, this is my weakness that I'm going through. No, if you're going through it, it's not your weakness. <laughs> you got more than enough in you to get through it. God said so. Amen. But He knew if they went this way, they wouldn't, they wouldn't make it. One war and they're out of there. You know, a couple, couple swords show, a little bit of spear. Forget it. We're going back to Egypt. Why? Because they had already quit in their heart. They had already quit in their heart. We'll go down to a few more verses, but later on they'll say, we told you when we were in Egypt to leave us alone. That's, that was their heart. They had fainted years ago and had never been picked up. But guess what? Moses didn't get up, give up on them. Moses never gave up on the Israelite people. He had a couple of days where he wanted to. Yeah, what is the brother Jesse said? It was good that Moses and God didn't have a bad day on the same day. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 18, so God led people around, he led the people around by the desert toward the Red Sea. The, and this is the NIV version, and I checked several other versions, and it said a similar thing. It said the Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. But obviously they wouldn't have fought. So being armed for battle and fighting are two different things. Right? See, and that's another thing. Many times we assume because somebody's been going to the faith church, they've been hearing the faith message, they're ready to fight. No, they're armed. But their heart ain't in it yet. It takes heart to fight. You've got to be committed to what you're doing. You don't want soldiers without heart. Right? Soldiers without, with heart win battles. Soldiers without heart, die. Right? Or run. Run. Heart. Heart is, it, it, you know, he says you've got to have faith in your heart. You can't have doubt in your heart. Your heart is the motivating factor of how you act and react in everything concerning God. Amen? You can't, you can't have a weak and a doubting heart and expect to go fight faith battles. Because you're not going to win. Right? You, you want to have a strong and willing heart. Amen? You want to have a confident and trusting heart. See, Moses trusted God. He didn't know the whole plan. He knew a good part of it, but he didn't know the whole plan, but he trusted God. He had a strong heart. He, he was willing. He was ready to go. He was ready to do whatever it took. But the children of Israel, they were armed for battle, but they weren't warriors. They had everything you need to fight except a heart. Right? 
That's what it says. And I think that's important to note because I think, you know what, when somebody's down, that's where they're down, in their heart. Right? Well, God was merciful and He didn't send them into battle. wonder we ought to be like that. Selah. Right? Confidence in our Father that cannot be shaken. Confidence that God will always make a way. In this situation right here, that confidence was necessary, wasn't it? God was going to make a way, and Moses knew he would. Amen? God had already made provision for their weakness, right? And he'd already made provision for their quit. (laughs) He's a merciful God. You know, I remember when we were believing, I know I've told this story before, but when we were believing for children, and, you know, the medical doctor said this, this, and this, and I'm like, yuck. Not only do I not like the report, but I don't want to go through what it would take to change it medically. Hello. <laughs> now, I won't go any further than that. But we wanted kids. Amen? And so we got in faith, and we started believing, and God spoke through my wife, and, or to my wife, and told her, in, in a different way, I won't, I'll make the story shorter, you know, that we should adopt. And uh, she said, okay, if that's true, tell Dave. <laughs> and wasn't two days later or less, maybe, I went to her and said, you know what, I think, I think adoption may be the way to go on this. <clears throat> and it wasn't very long, it was nine months from that time when we decided, actually, nine months from that time we got Ramsey, three days old. Glory to God. And I mean, that's, but, but in that process, we believe God. And there were lots of times where it was hard. I mean, people say, well, you know, it's not like birthing a baby. It was spiritual birthing a baby. I'll tell you that right now. Because there were times that the state was going to take her and this was going to happen. And, and you know, we were, we were battling with everything we had. All the faith that we had, we were battling with it. <laughs> we, we thought it was big faith. And you know what? For where we were right that time, it was big faith. It was about that big. <laughs> and man, after we got Ramsey, we'd go. We had Bible studies going. We said, oh, man, we, look what our faith got. You know, God used us, and we believe God, and we got on this Scripture, and we got on that Scripture. And the further we went into it, and the more God grew us up and matured us, the more He began to show me how little my faith was and how big His grace was. How little my faith was and how great His mercy was. And how many times I had almost quit, but yet He picked me up. Or He sent somebody to me to encourage me. Or He he gave somebody to come along Kim or sent her a letter or something. We always had that grace and that mercy to wrap around. He'll take your faith. We had some faith. We had to have some faith or it wouldn't have happened. But it wasn't so big as we thought. Amen? Don't overestimate your faith and underestimate your God. Amen? You want great faith. You want great faith, but we serve a great God. We serve a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of compassion, a God of grace, a kind God. We serve a God that is wanting to get you something worse than you ever wanted to have it because He loves you. And, and, And when we forget that... And we start saying, well, I got it with my faith. And you leave out the love of God? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Your faith got to the love of God. And he said, oh, look at that little bitty piece of faith. Let me, let me wrap a big old piece of love and grace around that and give them what they're looking for. 
Amen? Amen. And I thank God for that little piece of faith. But I thank God for that big piece of grace and that huge love that He knew. You know what? And it wasn't just that, we, that He wanted us to have kids. He knew that there were things I would have to see through that child to, to have better vision of Him. There are things to this day I don't know how I would have learned them had I not been a father. Not saying you can't, by the way. Okay? I'm saying me, God knows how I learn. And He knew that this would be a good visual for me. Yes. Amen? Yes. And, and by doing so, He changed my life forever through Ramsey. And He changed my vision of Him. Amen? But His grace was more than enough. Well, we got way off on, on that somehow, didn't we? Right? We want to have faith. We do. And we want to believe in that faith. But we, want to, we don't ever want to underestimate the grace of God and the love of God. Amen? And our confidence in that grace and love is way... That's where your confidence needs to be, not in your faith. Right? You could have confidence in your faith in God, but not confidence in your faith. Amen? Because your faith in God is your trust in Him. Your reliance on Him. Right? Your belief in His love for you. That's true faith in God. How much do you believe God loves you? That's faith in God. Will He fix your kids? Will He pay your bills? Huh? Will, will He? Will, will, will He save your family? That, that, does He love you enough? Does He love you enough to fix your marriage? Does He love you enough not only to let, give, you the, give you the stick-to-itiveness to stay in it, but the grace to have a good one? Right. You know, you got a lot of people that, and I'm not just talking about marriage, but situations, they just become willing to stay in the situation and, ho- and not have any hope that it will ever be good. He's a good God. He does good things. He's not going to leave you out there in a bad situation, having bad days every day. He's got an answer, and His answer is good, and it'll make things good. Right? He doesn't put people in places where they suffer for the rest of their life. Oh, this is just my lot in life. I'll have to have that person. I'll have to have this person. I can't have this. I can't have that. No. You can have it all, no matter where you're at. Amen? If God puts you there, he, he'll, he'll give you everything you, you need and desire while you're there. Amen? Glory to God. Where were we? Exodus? Exodus. 13. God knew, God knew these children. He knew them, and He was still merciful to them. That's how we got on that. He knew their heart, but yet He was still merciful to them. Why? He was still... You know, a lot of people say, well, he's keeping a promise. Yeah, he's keeping a promise, a promise of love. Yeah, I don't like it when people relegate God to just a promise-keeping God. He's a promise-keeping God because he loves you and he knows his promise was good to you. Right? If his promise would have ever become bad to you, then he wouldn't have had... I mean, he'd have kept it because he's God. But he, he, his motives, everything he does, he is love. So and, and He is good. So everything He does, every promise He has is motivated by those things. And you can't throw one thing out and just say, well, he just not, it wasn't because they were good people, because they were awful people, but God just had to keep His promise. He didn't have to do nothing. 
right? He's God. But He loved these people even when they were whining and complaining. And guess what? He still loves me when I'm whining and complaining and in unbelief. He can't do anything for me. (laughs) He loves me still. And guess what? I'm still saved. Right? Even when I'm whining and complaining, I'm still saved. Right? Even when I'm not happy, I'm still saved. Right? He doesn't say, hey, hey I get his salvation. He's not, he's not acting like one of my kids today. Good land, Ramsey wouldn't have been my kid years ago if that would have been the... Once you're his kid, you've got you to gotta sign something to get out. <laughs> yeah, that's not scripture, by the way. Don't scratch that from the tape. You have to want out. How about that? And nobody wants out. Some people have thought they did. They were wrong. Glory to God. He knew, he knew these people. In fact, isn't, and even though he knew them, verse 21, he still did this. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar, uh, in a pillar of cloud to guide them, their, guide their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light. You know, if you're in the desert and you've got a cloud in the day and a fire at night, you're pretty happy, aren't you? That's just like a dad, though. Dads, you know what? Their kids can be whining and complaining and and go to sleep and forget to put their covers on and they'll go down and put their covers on and kiss them on the head. Right before they said they hated you before they went to sleep because you didn't let them do something that they needed to do. Right? He's, He's a father. He didn't just become a father whenever Jesus died on the cross and we were able to become children. He was a father from the beginning. He just, his kids lost the ability to have him. Right? Jesus gained it back for us. Glory to God. So he gave them light and warmth and shade and guidance. Even when they complained. Even when they didn't understand. Amen? Amen. You know, and go back to that previous verses. What if Moses would have said, hey, it's shorter to go this way. These people are just going to have to fight. Guess where the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire would have been? On this route. You can't change your route and get the blessing of God. Right? So the, 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 the guidance would have still been on the route that God chose. You can't hit the GPS and say, oh, I want to do this now, God. No, God has a plan. And His plan is good for us. Amen? Amen. Well, Moses didn't get tired of him either, and he was glad that God gave him all that stuff. So if you go on to uh, four, uh, chapter 14, you, you know the story. Basically, Moses, God says, you know what? Get them, get them go this way and put them right here at this, this part of the Red Sea so that they're directly across from this part of the nation. And that's all the plan he gave him right there. He said, you go to here. And that's the plan he gave Moses. A lot, you know, Moses knew a lot because he later said, if you'll be quiet, you won't have these Egyptians anymore. To deal with. So he knew something, but he obviously didn't know that he was going to split the Red Sea. Or God wouldn't have had to tell him to do it. Right? So he was as much in the dark as every other person standing there. Except he trusted God. He was in faith that his God would make a way where there was no way. And guess who all benefited from it? Every person that crossed that sea. Amen? Look at, look at a, start in verse 10. 
14, 10. It says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were Egyptians marching after him. You know, the Pharaoh got mad and figured out he lost all his help. He's going to have to make bricks on his own. And if you're a Pharaoh, that don't go over. You're lazy, first of all, because all you've been doing is sitting around eating. And you definitely don't want to go stomp straw in the mud. Right? And uh, he, he sent people after him, and they looked up, and they saw him. At, and they were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses. What I thought, they cried out to the Lord or Moses? To Moses, because that's how they got to the Lord. This was their connection. Guys, that, and, and I realize that we're, we're drifting back and forth in different areas, but Moses was their connection right then to God. Sometimes people can't be in faith for themselves, but they're sure glad you're still in faith for them. Yeah. Amen? They're, still, they're sure glad that you didn't give up. You, they're sure glad you didn't quit. Amen? And, and while these people weren't in faith, they knew they could look to Moses because Moses had spoken directly with God. And they could get to God through Moses. And so they cried out in fear to Moses, which was to God. And God saw it the very same way. Amen? And so they cried out in fear. And what they say? <laughs> you know, most people, like, if you were Moses and you'd have heard this, you wouldn't have wanted to help them. You know? And they're like, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone and let us serve? Yuck. You know what the other word for that is? Worshipper. Let, leave us in Egypt so we can worship the Egyptians and worship our, our bondsmen, worship the people who put us in slavery. Serve them. It's the same word. Same word. If you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, last, last, very last thing it says is worshiper. So, what, and, and you know what? Many times when we get down like that, we begin to worship the problem. Right? Oh, I'll never get out of this. That problem's just too big. That sickness is too great. Oh, $10,000. $10,000. Just leave us alone and let us be in debt the rest of our life. You, when, when you get down, you'll start worshiping other gods. Amen? You may worship, worship the god of the credit card. <laughs> what? Well, I did it. You, you just pay other credit cards with your credit card, and you just keep going and keep going. You run out eventually, though. Let me give you guys some advice. If you started that, stop, because you'll run out, and you can't pay anymore. It's really bad. Don't make your credit card payments with credit cards. <laughs> yeah. You guys? <laughs> Glory to God. We don't want to make anything on this earth bigger than our God. Amen. There's no such thing as a mountain so big. There's no such thing as a problem so great. When we exalt the problem, we worship the problem. Why? Because anything that you call bigger than God, you're worshiping. If it's bigger than God, if God can't fix it, it's huge. Amen? And there's no such thing. You just exalted something to a place it has no right to be. Amen? And that's what they did. They said, you know what? We told you when we were in Egypt, which goes back to telling you where their hearts were. They never wanted to leave. 
Why? Because they had become settled. They were willing to be losers. It's a bad place to be, but when you lose heart, you're willing to be a loser. You're willing to quit on anything. That's why God said guard your heart. Above all things, guard your heart. Proverbs 4. That's what he said. Why? Because if you lose heart, that's where the issues of life flow from. That's when you'll start quitting. That's when you'll start giving up. That's when you'll start giving in. You'll start compromising. You'll start taking things that you shouldn't have to have. You'll allow people to rob you of things that are yours. And never attain rights that God and that Jesus bought and paid for you to have. Because you're willing to quit. Right? We're not willing to quit. So how much more when somebody's in that position is it good for you not to be a quitter? Your friends becoming a quitter, how important is it for you not to become one? Right? It's important, guys. It's important. If you're in a strong place right now, be watching for somebody that's not. Right? Don't, don't look to fortify your own kingdom at that, at that point. Help somebody else. Amen? Take the things that God has shown you and the things that He's building you up with and show them to others. And when somebody comes around and you says, ah, I'm about to quit. I can't do this anymore. You say, no, 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 no. Here, let me show you some word. You're more than a conqueror. You can make this. The same love that puts you together will lift you up. Glory to God. You've got an answer at all times when you're strong and when your heart's strong and you've guarded your heart. Amen? And you can help someone else. And it's important. Because guess what? Moses didn't faint when they started whining. Because I'll guarantee you, if, they would have, if they'd have hit me at the wrong time, and Nancy can verify this, if they'd have hit me at the wrong time with this statement, I'd have said, good, go back to Egypt and die. I'll I know Dave well enough that that's what Dave would have done. Then I went back to my office. God would have kicked me and said, hey, you got the love of me in your heart. You get back out there and do the right thing. And he'd have been right. And Moses didn't even have to take a second thought of it. And he had to listen to this. And they were talking against him. Moses, we told you we didn't want to come. What are you, stupid? Couldn't you hear us? You brought us out here to die? You're worthless? That's what he heard. Guaranteed. Isn't that what you hear when people talk bad talking about you? They say three words and you hear five? They said, they said, you're stupid, worthless, and, and a bad person, and you add... <laughs> We're not going there. Uh, next words aren't good, so I ain't saying them. No way. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm glad they didn't go to the battle way, because they'd have been in big trouble with this kind of heart. <laughs> Amen. Moses answered the people after they said this. Moses answers them and says, don't be afraid. Wow, now that's love. You know, people, people take the Old Testament and they throw love out of it because it's not said every other word. That is love. You can't do that outside of love. You can't. They just talk bad about you and say, oh, don't be afraid. Why? Because you love them. Why? Because the God you're serving loves them. And you've got that love flowing through you. You say, oh, don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Stand firm. Stand firm. Flip that over to the King James Version. Fear not. Stand still. 
and see the salvation of the Lord. Huge. Huge. And Moses had every chance right there to quit himself on them. Not on him, on them. He still trusted God. But he's trusting God for them also. He's going to carry them across the Red Sea if he has to. But they're going across the Red Sea. Got any friends like that? Keep them. Keep them. That's the friend you want. That's the friend you want that says, Hey, you know what? I don't care what kind of faith you have. Jump on my back. We're going. Amen? If you, uh, how, how many soldiers I got in here? Is that who you wanted fighting next to you? Yeah, yeah that's exactly who you wanted fighting next to you. Yeah. Not the one that said, oh, your legs hurt? Okay, I got to go because I don't want my leg hurt. <laughs> Phew! No! This is who we want. That's why God chose him. He was meek above all the men of the earth. This is meekness. This is, this is unwillingness to come down to their level and he stayed right there with God. Stayed right there with God. Said, stand still and you'll see the salvation of the Lord which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who, you, who you've seen today, you'll not see anymore. Moses had some insight. God had showed him there's going to be a plan. He just didn't say, oh, the plan's going to work. Obviously, he knew by the end of this day there weren't going to be any more Egyptians. He just didn't know how. That's faith. Right? People who aren't in faith, they got to know how. Right? <laughs> yeah, because I know because I've been there. I'm like, sure, God, I know you're going to pay my bills tomorrow. How? Yeah. <laughs> and God's saying, well, I can't now, so it really doesn't matter how I was going to do it. I really had a good plan too, Dave. Why'd you mess that up? Can you get back in faith so I can keep it going? Glory to God. He knew he had a plan and Moses was staying steadfast in his faith for them. Not just for Moses, because Moses never had to go back to Egypt. He could have stayed away forever. His faith was for them. Amen? Verse 15... Wait, did I do 14? Yeah, I did 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Moses wasn't crying out to him. That's who he heard, though. Because why? The children of Israel only spoke to God through Moses. So they immediately started whining and crying, and God heard their whining and crying through Moses. Right? Basically, God said, Tell them to shut up. <laughs> Pretty much. Right? <laughs> Dave translation. Not scripture, by the way. Moses said, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. See, now we know he didn't know the plan. Because God had to tell it to him. So he was in faith up here that this God had told him, You won't see these Egyptians anymore. He took God at his word. Amen? He took God at his word. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Why did Moses do all this? For them. Right? Why did Aaron and her hold up his arms? Because Moses was tired? No, because these people were going to die if they didn't. 
right? There were soldiers out there in the field that weren't going to make it. People thinking about other people. It took a team to work this thing together. It took a man in faith to not quit on these people. Amen? Even though they kept whining. I mean, good land. They got to the other side of the sea, and the first thing, oh, yeah, now we're here. Where's the water? What are we going to eat? I mean, Moses had more than ample opportunities to quit on these people. He did not. He did not quit on them. Can we be that strong for one another? Amen? Quitting is the easy way out. Anyone can quit. takes no effort whatsoever. You can lay in your bed and die. You can. And it takes no effort, and you'll still go to heaven, and God will find somebody else to reach the people you were supposed to. Right? And do the ministry that you were designed to do. And still love you. You'll still have a house in heaven. Right? But you'll miss out. You'll miss out. Quitting is not what we're designed to do. We weren't designed to quit from the beginning. We're not designed to quit now. We're not, we're not, we don't want to quit. Amen? Are you wanting to quit? No, not at all. Why? Because we've got a good God and He's got a good plan. He guides us in the way that we're supposed to go. And if we, if, if we need somebody to lead us, then he'll, he'll, he'll get somebody along your side. But you've got to be that person sometimes. Amen? Sometimes you've got to be the person that goes to somebody and says, Hey, hey, I see you're down. You're down. What, what can I do for you today, brother? What, what, what's going on? Tell me. And the minute they start whining just like that, they say, well, you, you wouldn't understand it. You got money. Your bills are paid. Your marriage is great. And your kids are all in school and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Right? And you're like, hmm, okay, go ahead. Why don't you just quit then? But the love of God compels us not to do that. Amen? The love of God compels us to do much, much more than that. Amen? God did not give us His love to just let it sit in our heart and make us feel warm. Right? He put that love of God in our hearts through the Holy Spirit so that we could be a walking example, a walking ministry everywhere we go. Right? We talked about it Wednesday night. Not because of what you say. Right? That's the least part of ministry. (laughs) It is. The biggest part of ministry is how you act. It has nothing to do with what you say. Because whatever you say is only taken by how you acted first. Right? Right? People saw you all acting ugly in the restaurant, and then you come in church and act nice. (laughs) Well, they didn't give me the right food, and I wanted it free then. There's your reward. Free dinner. Hope you enjoy it. Right? Actions. So how are we going to minister first? The way Moses did, by actions. His actions, not what he said, by what he didn't say. Whenever they started complaining, he didn't say a word. In other words, he just looked at them and loved them and said, Oh, don't be afraid. (laughs) Guys, pick it up. Come on. Come on. Put your chin up. Don't be afraid. Quit talking that way. See these people, see these Egyptians that are chasing you? By the end of the day, you'll never have to hear from them again. 
Glory to God. That was what he said. But he cared. Why was he heard? Because he cared. People who care are heard. Amen? You can tell someone you love them all you want. But if your actions don't display that, and don't get me wrong, people are saying, yeah, they ought to give me money. No, that ain't love all the time. Sometimes, and I can prove it because I've given people money just to get them away from me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not saying yesterday. I've grown since yesterday. But I have done it. No one else in here has? Well, good, don't. It ain't God and it ain't right. It didn't fix anything. It enabled them to go to somebody else and do the same thing. Right? The fix is who you are, not what you have. What you have comes after who you are. Amen? And it's who you become. If you start acting like God, you start loving them, you start caring about them, you give them some word first, you encourage them first, then see what God wants you to do with your resources. Which is your second way of ministry. Resources. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, talking's last. You know, a lot of people want to talk. (laughs) You know, today about 5.30 when God wasn't giving me the end of this message, I wanted someone else to talk too. Everybody wants to talk and tell people what they know. And I know everybody's heard this, but we're going to say it again. Nobody cares what you know till they know that you care. Your actions are going to be the first way they know that you care. Right? How you treat people, how you treat others, how you act. Not, not when people are watching you, but when people aren't watching you. When you didn't know and you kicked the dog. <laughs> and somebody saw you. Right? Second example is with your resources. How are they givers? Do they have a heart for people? Are they willing to help? Are they willing to help you? Are they willing to dig in and work with you? You know, I am as long as you ain't mowing. (laughs) No, I've even even mowed for people. That that was my suffering for Christ. (laughs) Glory to God. God's got a better way. God has a plan. God has a way for us all to make it. And it's by helping one another. It's by building one another up. It's by edifying each other. It's by doing things for one another that would keep them going. Amen? Look at uh, Hebrews 10. Why doesn't God want you to shrink back? Because you'll be an example of someone that shrinks back. Then you don't get anything, and he can't get anything to anybody else through you. He wants you to have everything, but he wants to use you to get things to other people. We, you're a vessel. You're not, you're, not, you're not just a port. You're a vessel. You know, some people just want to be a port where God comes in and he drops stuff on you, and that's all you ever do. But you're a vessel. Once he drops stuff to you, you're to take it to other places. You're a distribution center. You're to edify and encourage other people. Amen? You're to love them when they don't feel like they're worthy to be loved. Amen? It doesn't matter. They are. God loved us all when we were unlovely. Amen? And, and He's not going to quit. And we're not going to quit. Did I say go he- Hebrews 10? 
Where was I going? Hebrews 10. Yeah, there we go. Um, Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. I'm reading the NIV again. Throw it up in the King James. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Verse 24. And let us consider what? One another. Right after your faith? Well, well, I thought my faith was for me. Now he's gone gone and messed up. Why do I need to profess if if I can't do something for me? If it ain't about me. No, it's about others. It's about others. It says, let us consider one another. In other words, quit thinking about you. Right? Right after he talks about your profession. And holding fast to it. Why are you holding fast to it? Somebody else needs you to. It's truth. I know that when I had business and it was terrible and it was bankrupt, and I know I've told the story before, but it was not coming out. In the world system, it could not come out. It would have never come out. It, it, was, an, it was impossible. There was no way. It was the Red Sea, and I was backed up with my toes in it. And it wasn't opening up. And God said, go to the Southwest Believers Convention. I'm like, what? I can't even get out of town. (laughs) Glory to God, we knew somebody down there that that gave us a house to stay in or let us stay with them. Thank God. Because I heard a message there called, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. 1996, I believe. Brother Creflo Dollar. And I started studying it. I started listening to it. And I started looking at it. And I started seeing that seek ye first the kingdom of God is not for you. It's seek the kingdom of God and His way of doing and being right. What is His way? He always thinking about you. Not me. Or not Him, I mean. God don't have to think about Him. He's God. But He's also love. And love doesn't think about itself. Love is always acting towards someone else. Amen? Why would it need to be patient if it was... I'm, I'm really patient with myself. There's times where I just don't do anything wrong at all. I don't know how I irritate other people. And people say, you weren't very kind. And I, well, I felt really kind. <laughs> yeah, love doesn't need to be patient with itself. It's patient because it needs to be patient with others. Amen? Glory to God. And I got a hold of that verse. Get a hold of that verse because there's more in it. And the more you read it, the more you'll find. I still find stuff in it and I'm still going to find stuff in it tomorrow. But I went back and God said, go teach this Bible study. Or actually, my wife said, you want to go to a Bible study? I said, "Uh uh-uh. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, she said, well, my boss is having it, so maybe it would be a good thing. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's your boss, and we are broke, so that's a good idea. (laughs) 
Yeah. A good motive to go to Bible study, huh? Thank God for His mercy. Huh? But I went. And all those years of sitting there listening to these tapes, trying to build myself up, started coming out towards others. All of a sudden, God was giving me the opportunity to give. There was other people that had needs, that had problems in their life. And God began to give me opportunity to give out of my spirit what He had put in me. Not, just, not for me, not just for me, but for others. And I left there, and I was more in faith that night, leaving there, having done nothing to help my finances than I ever was working three Saturdays in a row and every day of the week and nights if I had to to try to make that business work. When I left there, I knew something had changed. Something in me had changed. I had began to put something first besides Dave. I was no longer seeking God to get what Dave wanted. I was seeking God to help people. To give out of what He'd given me. And what He'd given me at that point was His Word. And that was what I had that had value. And so he said, next thing I know, I'm teaching that Bible study. Started, started teaching Sunday school at the church we were going to. He said, I help the youth too. I'm like, well, I'm teaching Bible and I got work. And he said, help the youth too. I'm like, okay, we'll just forget about work, right, God? He's like, help the youth too. I'm like, okay. So I start helping the youth. Somebody asked me, they say, you want to go help inner city children on the weekends? I'm like, huh. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even have kids. <laughs> I don't think we had kids when they first asked me to do that, did we? I didn't like kids. I didn't ask we had a kid. I did not like inner city. Here's Dave's thought. Inner city, dirty, mean, not so fun to be around. Kids. They like to kick you, bite you, or whatever they can do, and it makes them smile after they're done with it. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. And they said, he said, hey, and this was a good brother. This is a good brother of mine to this day. He said, hey, you come out and try it. I said, okay, I'll try it. It's not my thing. I'll try it. I got out there, and the love of God came up. I said, this is where you belong. This is who you belong with. This, the, I put stuff in you for these kids. And he had. I loved them immediately. Every one of them. Kim got tired of me bringing them home. She said, Dave, you can't bring them all home. Glory to God. Still talk to several of them to this day. But he gave me an avenue to help others and in doing so, helped me. Because he got my mind off of me. Because even your faith only focused towards you is selfish at best. Amen? And he kept doing that. And, and, I, and I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, how would those businesses come out of them? I don't work them anymore, so I... They still do good, I know that. And I still own them, but I don't work them. Amen. See them every now and then. Got some really good people that work for me. One of them's right there. Amen. I don't have to go there. I get to do this now. Glory to God. That's right. And they're all doing good. And I have no testimony of how it happened, except for what I just gave you. That's, right. That's the testimony. God gave me people to help to help me. Glory to God. 
How important is it not to quit on people? How important is it to have others on your heart? How important is it to decide to be that intercessor, to to decide to be that person who stands when no one else will, who decides to be the one that will touch them when when nobody touches a leper? Who's going to do that? You guys better go. We're getting ready to close. We are. You are. I am. Faith Life Church, we as a people, Christians everywhere, it's no longer about us. It's about others. This thing's going to wind up. And nothing else you did except for things for the kingdom of God are going to matter. It's not going to matter how much money we made in business. It's not going to matter how many toys we had in our garage. It's not going to matter how big our house was. Except if it glorified God and somebody saw the goodness of God in it. Don't get me wrong, big houses are good if people see the goodness of God in the house. Prosperity is a good and perfect gift. And having things is great. Things having you is not. Amen? And God wants us to have it all. He wants us to use everything that He's put in us to help others. Amen? He wants to use our resource. He'll tell you to spend the last $50 in your checkbook. He'll do it. He will. I remember when we had, I think we had $100 in our checkbook in the business. And I came in and I told my brother, I said, send $75 to Brother Copeland. And he called my mom. (laughs) We were young. (laughs) He told on me. Of course, it didn't work with mom because she'd give away her house, so it didn't matter. He said, hey, Dave just, he, he wants to give us away $75 when we only have 100 Mom's like, can you pay your bills with 100 And he goes, nope. I said, give it away. <laughs> Glory to God. I bet you that $75 went a lot further than it would have towards a bill that I had. Maybe got someone saved. Maybe got someone filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe got somebody a hold of a tape at the 1996 Southwest Believers Convention. Glory to God. Thinking of others. Being there for other people. Being there for our brothers and sisters. How many know somebody, maybe not in this church, but somebody close to them that's been hurting? That's been tired? that's been beat down, that's needed, some, needed a hand, needed their arms held up. Huh? Why? Because they're losing the battle. And they need somebody, they need an Aaron, and they need a her. They need somebody to come along and say, hey, you get those arms back up, you'll win. And they say, and they say I know, but I can't, I can't hold them up any longer. And somebody comes and says, hey, I got, I got this side, you got that side? And the next thing you know, your arms are up, and the battle's raging, but now you're winning. Amen. Why? Not just because of you, because of them and them and because of Him. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Will it change your life? Yeah. It'll make you busy. Good busy. When you go home at night, you sleep a lot better when you help somebody else than you spent the whole day trying to help yourself. Glory to God. Stand on your feet.